0: I got to a point where I needed to completely lean in and surrender to the call on my life. It wasn't okay for me anymore not to. That feeling of not being sold out and fully committed, it felt so icky to me that I couldn't help but put a demand on my potential. I couldn't help but be all that I was intended to be and strive for that on a daily basis.
1: You're listening to the Almost 30 podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. It's your girls, Lindsay and Krista. And we're super excited to bring you a special bonus episode. We were live from the Propel Collabs Fitness Festival in LA this summer, the fourth year of one of the biggest fitness festivals out there.
1: And you know that almost 30 is all about bringing people together. We are all about community, we are all about learning, growth, inspiration and really celebrating everything that we're doing and everything that is good in a really authentic way. So, Propel Collabs is such a fit for us. It's actually the third event that we've done with them and we've mm-hmm. loved partnering with them. We've loved the community that they've built and we've loved what they're building with Propel Collabs. And we were so lucky to interview leaders in fitness and all of our mind, body
2: health and wellness and are excited to bring you this series every Friday powered by Propel. These episodes are 30 minutes, but packed with inspiration and just really grounded, insightful conversations. And we could not be more excited.
1: Yeah. They're a little bit different than our style. So it's more question answer style rather than conversational. But I loved how impactful these interviews are. So we are pumped. And our first interview is the lovely Angela Davis. Angela is one of the world's top cycle
2: instructors, and she has been on tour with Oprah for her Super Soul Tour, and this conversation is incredibly powerful. Please enjoy. We wanted to create a place for people to feel a little less alone. So we're not gurus, we're not experts, we're learning right along with you, so... Uh, This conversation today, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while when I heard Angela Davis was on the roster for us to talk to. I've admired Angela for years now. We uh, worked together formerly and I just have always seen and felt her light so Deeply. And I know you will too this morning. She is a former elite athlete. She is a motivational speaker and one of LA's most, in, I think, the world's most in demand indoor cycling teachers. And I just can't wait to dig in with her today. So let's welcome Angela Davis.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank Hi, you. Girl. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys.
2: Hi. I'm so excited. Uh, I am too. Yeah. You know, for me, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about Angela is her ability to hold space. So I would love for you to just talk about where that comes from. You know, you can go back as far as you want, but that is such a gift and such a talent, for lack of a better term. Yeah.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Hannah. Good morning. I think for me, it's been asked before, like, were you always this confident? And I wasn't, I wasn't always this confident, but what happened for me is that I got to a point where I needed to completely lean in and surrender to the call on my life. And it wasn't okay for me anymore, not to. And that feeling of, not being sold out and fully committed, it felt so icky to me that I couldn't help but reach higher. I couldn't help but put a demand on my potential. I couldn't help but be all that I was intended to be and strive for that on a daily basis. Like that just really, really drove me. And so um, I think being able to hold space is, is you feeling worthy of the space. You know, I think that's key. I think a a lot of times, you know, I, I once heard someone say it was actually Brene Brown. She said that, that people don't achieve their goals a lot of times because they don't feel worthy of them. So it's not until we even feel worthy of the dream, you know, we feel worthy of the call on our life that we can really begin to achieve. And for me, that was like the first step in in holding space, was feeling worthy of the space that I'm holding, you know, and taking ownership of that. Like, hey, I woke up this morning. I'm here. Not everybody was on the wake-up list this morning, you know what I mean? But we're here, you know, and to just, to, to shift the perspective and to take every step in gratitude. And I think that's what allows me to hold space. That
3: gave me chills. It's also for me, the ability not only to hold space for myself, but it also puts the responsibility on me. So it's the radical responsibility that it's all my responsibility to feel worthy, to make myself feel that way because I'm I even struggle with that now, you know, with our podcast, the ability to feel worthy of being in this room with amazing people all the time. So I'm so glad you said that. That was really, really beautiful. I've taken your class at Seoul. It was like church, honestly. I was like, oh wow, this is a quite, right? Who's taken your class? Quite the experience. I was like on at 12, I'm like, I will get in. And I (laughs) somehow got in. Honestly, they were like, I don't, it was like a holiday weekend or something. Um, I don't know, waiting in the back. Um, I would love to hear about your journey there and how, you know, your process to become the top instructor there and your process to really find your groove and differentiate yourself among some of the best in the world. Well, not everyone knows this, but my father was
0: drafted out of high school to play professional baseball. So he was a professional baseball player all of my life. And he ended up coaching in the major leagues and managing in the major leagues. And in 2000, he was manager of the year. Um, He has a World Series ring with the Florida Marlins. And he was just this extraordinary coach and this extraordinary manager. And they would compare him, uh, you know, to like um, a Phil Jackson. Like he was really, you know, philosophical. um, And he was just this brilliant coach. And his whole idea and intention behind being a major league baseball manager and coach was I have to get the man to be as great as the athlete. So here I am here. I'm talking as I'm him. So he's saying like, here I am managing these hall of fame athletes, these amazing athletes. But how do I help promote that father? that man that brother so we can't just have a great athlete and a not so great man like what is that they need to match they need to match you know so that's kind of where i come from as a coach it's not really about you on a bike it's not you you know in a in a room in a boot camp setting it's it's how does that translate to how you are in your life? And I knew that being a professional athlete myself, you know, coming from being ranked in the top 25 in the world at 100 meters and traveling the world and repping USA, I knew that it wasn't about just being an elite athlete. I knew that that wasn't it. I knew that, that, that there wasn't going to be fulfillment in that. I knew that who. We are, on the inside, needed to match those achievements and those accomplishments that we make. And for me, physicality and movement and coaching was the vehicle to get someone to see that and to understand that and to make that connection. And so that's where I come from. And that's the heart and the intention behind how and
2: why I coach the way that I do your um, history as an elite athlete just kind of brings up for me the idea of attaching to an identity. And it sounds like you were able to not do that, but I'm sure you had moments where you did. But in terms of, you know, as a coach and coaching human beings, do you see people attaching to a certain identity? And how would you say, you know, if someone just says they are, well, I am I am a nutritionist. And that's kind of how they attach themselves to their life. How would you coach them into really embodying the true essence of who they are, of attaching more to their soul rather than to that title?
0: Well, yeah, the title is what you do. It's not who you are, you know? So that's just, you know, from jump. It it, it is, you know, we are in a day and age and my sister just did this beautiful... Show It was on the Hillsong Hillsong Network and it was now with Natalie and she really talked, she really like dove into that. I did an episode with her, but it was talking about a lot about the false identity, you know, And, and we're kind of in a day and age where like follows and likes and like attached to all the wrong things that we think make us who we are interesting or we find validity in or worthiness in And that's just not it. Like, you know, you can be extraordinary at something and not a good person. What's that, you know? So I think attaching yourself to kindness and humanity and compassion and empathy and forgiveness, you know, I think those are things that make up the material of who we are. You know, it's not what we do. But it's, it's, you know, how we treat people, you know, I, I mean, and so that's huge for me is really getting someone to, to, to understand that, you know, because what happens is when you attach yourself to what you do, and you're no longer doing that, then you lose who you are, where that was never who you were in the first place. It was just what you did. And we have to understand that the gifts, you know, we're all born with gifts and talents. Every single one of us is born with gifts and talents. Every single one of us is born in purpose, on purpose, for a purpose. We're not created to find purpose. You're not going to like, oh, let me find my purpose. Let me find why I'm here. You were already created in purpose, with purpose, on a purpose, like for a purpose, like already created with that. So really, life is about exploring that and leaning into that and operating in those gifts and talents. And so I think, you know, for me, it was just really like understanding that and that that changes. You know, I used to be, I used to run track professionally. I don't do that anymore, you know? And so what is the extension of the gift? You know, coaching, you know, coaching became an extension of the gift. Speaking became an extension of the gift you know making music now became an extension of the gift like it just what is the extension what is the remix what is the remix and never attaching to just the one thing but what's the remix you know and like find that flow and i think that can keep us free
3: you know and something that doesn't keep us free is limiting beliefs and i know that we have you know we all have different ones that we're working with whether we're aware of them or not How do you coach people to recognize and then work through their limiting beliefs that they may have?
0: It's Limiting beliefs are so paralyzing. And what's crazy is we could take on someone else's belief system for us. Like someone could look at me and say, you're a woman, you're a mom, you could list all kinds of things and I only hold you to this. And then we somehow come in agreement and partner with that. Isn't that crazy? Like how quickly we relinquish our right to be all that we were called, created, and intended to be because someone else had an opinion about us. And then we just relinquish the right. Like, okay, well, maybe. And so in coaching someone to break through that, it's really reminding them of the dream, like what is that dream that you've had since you were a little girl? Or what is that dream you've had since you were a little boy? What is, that, what is that thing that keeps you up at night that has you tossing and turning? What is that, What something that you've been able to see that you've been given a vision for that no one else can see that's attached to your purpose? And not everyone is gonna be able to see that for you and that's okay but get around people who will breathe life into that. Get around people who believe in you and will speak to the gifts and talents. And those were the people that will help you break through those ceilings that you may not have even put there for yourself and help you break through those limitations and help you break through to the next level. But it's really surrounding yourself with people that can speak to the gift. And it's about not partnering and coming into agreement with someone else's limitations for you, and remembering, remembering what you've seen for yourself. Remember that we, we we so easily forget. We forget. We forget. And like we were talking a little bit back there, like it's easier for you, you know, the opposite of this to when someone else can see it for you. But it's okay to see it for yourself. Like, it's okay to have a dream. It's okay to have a vision. You know, a visionary is someone that can see the future with great imagination. It's okay. It's okay. You know, and not to be, you know, embarrassed by that. Maybe it's not for you to share with everyone, you know, because not everyone can handle it. Not everyone, you know what I mean? And not everyone's going to support it. It's not for everyone. But whatever that is, like, hold that and don't forget that. Like, remember that, like, remember that dream. You know, if God let you see it, he already put it in you to be it. You know, and I believe that with everything that I am. Like, if you can see it, you can be it and surround yourself with
2: people who support that. Yeah, I love the, the idea of thinking back to when you were a little girl, little boy, like, just being so clear and, like, not having any limits and, you know, wanting, I wanted to be like the first dancing tennis player. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's so clear and there's no like judgment around it. But, like, where did that go? You know, there's so many layers that are just put on top of us that we really have to work now to peel back. But I just, I love that, that reminder. You know, I'm curious, you mentioned like bringing people around you that support you and really help you to realize just how of purpose you are. how have you done that? And I know you are meeting and around different communities all the time and we're in LA you know it's it's a lot. it can be chaotic. So how do you create that, cultivate that and then also manage your own energy to be able to give as much as you give? That's
0: a good question. Um, I think what connects us I first of all we were all, created to commune. We were, every single one of us is created to commune. It's not like we're created to to be isolated and by ourselves. We are created to commune. And the thing that brings community together is cause. Sharing a cause. You know, sharing an intention. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the communities that uh, I am a part of in Los Angeles is that there is a cause and there is an intention and we are working towards an hi- a higher expression of ourselves and we're holding each other to higher. You know, you are the total sum of the five closest people to you. So being mindful of the people that you put around you and are the people that are around you, are they, are they poking holes in your boat? Are they rowing your boat? Are they in your boat and rowing your boat? And when you can't row, they're rowing. And so I'm really selective with who I choose to be around and not in a way that I feel like better than or anything like that. But I'm just really, really selective of my time and my energy because what I do matters so much, not who I am, what I do matters so much. And I know that I need energy to do what I do and to be excellent at what I do. And have you ever been around people where you leave them and you feel like icky? Okay, well, they're not. That doesn't work, right? Or if, you've left people where you feel like better, you know? Like, we just have to pay attention. Pay attention to... And I just, I pay attention to that. I'm really sensitive to that. And I know that maybe hanging out or doing something that energetically is going to cost me more than I'm willing to spend. And so I'm okay with saying no. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm I'm probably a lot older than a lot of you guys in here, and I'm just okay with that. Like, I'm okay with no. No is, you know, a full sentence. Can you? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. You don't even have to go into why. So we just so, we always want to put something on it. Like, we always trying to put something else on it no no <laughs> and just being really okay with that like really I okay need to go that. in the mirror and just be like
3: no
2: <laughs> I'm really <okay> with that.
3: <laughs> I think we can all practice our nose I, I make the longest nose ever I'm like well maybe if I and then I just say no <laughs> One thing that I've noticed too is when I am on my self-care game and I'm you know, really being thoughtful about it, it does include no. And no is kind of where it starts for me. A no to everyone and then kind of a yes to myself. No is a yes to myself. Can you tell us about your self-care routine? My family really feed me.
0: My family feeds me. And so self-care for me is being able to be with my people, Being able to be with my family, you know, people who know me really well. I'm kind of the worst with texting or on my phone because I don't have my phone by me. You know, I'm not that great on Instagram. I don't even know how to do Insta Story because I'm not, if I'm with you, I'm with you. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it'd be better for my life and my brand if I were to do that. But my love language is time. And so if I'm with you, I'm with you, you know, and I'm just gonna be in the pocket with you. And so self-care for me is being with people that breathe life back into me, you know, and just, that just feels really, really good. That feels really, really good to me. And self-care is sleep. You know, as a mom and a wife and uh, a working mom, sleep is important. Eating good, you know, like really bad food bothers me. Like bad food is the worst to me. It just is a waste. Like I, you know, so like really eating good food, being around people I love, Being able to sleep until my body says it's time to wake up. If I can get that in, that's self-care for me.
2: Speaking of your family, I know your husband's here and you have two beautiful boys. What have your kids taught you? Wow,
0: my kids are so different, like completely different. My little one teaches me freedom. He's free. He still lets his stomach hang out. (laughs) He eats what he wants, when he wants, and he just leans into life. He's just free. He's just, where's the good time? And if it's not around, I will be the good time. I will make it the good time. And he has taught me that, freedom, and... My oldest child has taught me grace. He just has grace. He just, he's thoughtful. He's kind. He has manners. He's really excellent at what he does. He's very gifted. And he has a grace about him when he moves in and out and through the world. So my kids have taught me freedom
2: and grace. It's beautiful. And your ability to be so present and and give and receive that time allows you to really see that. Because I, you know, we're all moving so fast. So it it could be easy to miss that those are the lessons that they are here to teach you. And then I'll follow up by saying what as being in a loving, committed partnership taught you? Well,
0: I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have a husband that is so extraordinary. And he was the one that was able to see the gift and speak to the gift because I had walked away from all of it. I went through really bad postpartum depression after... I had my second child. I went through really bad postpartum and I was depressed and I was on the couch and I I, it, just like living was a lot. Living was a lot. And, you know, just the weight of the day, just I couldn't even get off the couch. There were days where I just couldn't even get off the couch and I was breastfeeding and I'm like, I got kids and... And he was the one who said, You are an encourager and the world is waiting for you. I just went down the street and talked. There's this yoga and spin studio down the street. I just went down the street and I talked to the owner. Um, they're waiting for you. And um, that is literally like how it happened. He was, he started to speak to the gift and was just like, Uh uh-uh. uh. And he just did it in a way that was so kind and so loving, where I was able to receive it, you know, because someone could love you and you're not able to even receive it, right? But he did it in a way where I was able to receive it, and I was able to hear it, I was able to hear, "Oh wait, you, wow, you're right, that is who i am and and I, and I and i and I lost it, you know, like i I you know, I am an encourager, you know and so. I think that's everything. I think having someone that loves you and knows how to love you. I think you being willing to receive love and give love and a beautiful partnership and you having someone
3: that can speak to the gift and see the gift even when you can't is key. Yeah. And I think that ties it together too with the limiting beliefs in the sense of you could attach to others limiting beliefs of you. You can also attach you know, to their vision for you and the the beauty they see in you. So that's such a beautiful mirror. How can we best support our family, our community, our friends? You know, I think that's such a beautiful example of the support that he had for you, seeing the best in you and seeing your gifts when maybe you couldn't because of um, postpartum. How would you recommend for people to support others? I think the best
0: way for us to support each other is to search for the good in each other. Like you're going to find what you're looking for. Every single one of us will find what we're looking for you know, someone is standing in front of us and we, you know, go to nitpick, we can like find every little thing that we want to say that is wrong. But if you search for the good, you know, if that's your lens, if my lens is to search for the good in, in people and in my community and situations and speak to that and breathe life into that, I think that's how we support each other. We, we, we speak to the good We speak to the gift and we hold each other to higher. You know, friends don't let friends settle. Like if you have people in your life that don't call you out on your stuff, that's not your friend. Friends don't let friends settle. I don't want people in my life, like in my tight group that won't call me out or hold me accountable. Like that, what does that do? That doesn't serve me and that doesn't serve anybody. So I think having people in your life that are super honest um, and speaking to the gift is a way to really support each other. That's how we support each other, you know? Honesty
2: and speaking life. Yeah, and it's it can spread. So it's, you know, I think if we look for the negative, the other person's going to find a negative in someone else. You almost see it happen. So I just think, yeah, I, I completely agree. What's something right now, today, this week, that you're really proud of? I'm writing a book.
3: Oh, yes, <laughs> finally!
0: I'm really proud of it. It's a big deal. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I was kicking and screaming the whole way. I'd even signed the book deal and I was like, I'll give the money back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it back. Um, Just because it's it's just that hard. Like, it's just that hard to write a book. It's just that hard. You know, it's not like you could say it and take it back. Like, it's out there. And so really, really, really every word counts and matters. And and really me writing a book is is just a tool to inspire. You know, it's not like, oh, look at me. I wrote a book. I've never wanted to write a book. I didn't want to write a book. But it's just a tool. You know, maybe someone will get this book and be inspired. Maybe someone will get this book and turn the corner and believe that their dream is valid. Maybe someone will get this book and feel worthy of their best life. You know, like it's just a tool. And so when that matters so much to you, everything that you put in there matters. And so it's just the hardest thing I've ever done,
3: but it's worth it. Is it hard to relive stories and kind of go through, yeah. Yeah. All of
0: that? Have yeah, you, that sucks.
3: How have you been like processing those, those while you're writing the book?
0: Well, everything that we've ever gone through in our lives have brought us to this moment, has brought us to right now, you know? So, and that's why in, in the heat of something hard, I can look at someone and say, you know, this isn't happening to you, but for you. Just shift your perspective. It's not happening to you, but for you. And there's a reason why. And it's changing the material on the inside of you and posturing you for what's in front of you. So just go go through it. Be able to go through it. Be able to sit in the pocket. Be able to lean into the challenge. And so I am who I am as a coach, as a mom, as a wife, as a sister, as a friend, because of all of that stuff. And so I'm okay with sharing that because I know it's changed me and allowed me to be who I am. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
2: Yeah, the honoring of who you've become. It's just like a tribute to that. That's beautiful. Last question from me. Lately, I've been like trying to think about things, you know, people ask, not me, but in general, like, what are you working on? And I want to know something about you that maybe... You've been told you need to work on or you think you need to work on, but now you really celebrate it.
0: Wow. All right. This is me being really, really honest. I have come to a place where I do honestly search out the good in people. And there was a time in my life where I was younger and uh, where I felt like I could take that information, that negative information about somebody and draw a conclusion or be judgmental. And I literally, and the people who are the closest to me know this, like I don't even want to hear it. I I don't even want to hear it. Like I just want to get to know people on my own. I don't, you don't have to bring me any information. You don't have to. And and that is a place where I honestly worked to be, to not participate in the gossip and the judgment. Don't even partic- Don't even bring it to me. I don't care. I don't even care. I don't even care. I've really worked to stay clean and clear of that so that when I'm in a moment with someone that I can truly be in a moment with someone.
3: Thank you so much. We should all take a little breath. <sighs> So our body and cells can take in all of that information. Thank you guys so much. Where can people connect with you?
0: Uh, On my Instagram that I'm not great on. (laughs) Uh, Angela Manuel Davis and um, amdomethod.com. A-M-D-I-O method. Angela Manuel Davis. Change from the inside out. Method.com.
1: Thank you guys. Beautiful. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast live at Propel Labs this summer in LA. We will see you on the next one. You can connect with us at almost30podcast.com and almost30podcast on Instagram.